Dad, you're going to do my school's career day, right? Remember, we have a wedding to shoot that Saturday. Please, 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 can't we get a cat? Want to grab lunch this week? What's going on at the studio? Guys, I need some new shoes. Mom, don't forget, I have robotics on Mondays. But I go fishing. Oh, and orchestra. We could really use a vacation. We can't. He has a game that day. Can we please go to Chick-fil-A? She wants to play another instrument? Welcome to the Victory Catch Podcast with Rick and Julie Rando. Season 3! Hello, everyone, and welcome to The Victory Couch. My name is Julie Rando. And I'm Rick Rando. And we're at it again, guys. Welcome back to The Couch. Thanks for squishing in. Welcome back, friends. And uh, we will share, last week we were dragging. If you go back and listen to the last episode, we were really struggling and exhausted. Today, we are recording at not the latest hour. Yeah. Still late, but not, you know. It's, there's no sunshine outside, but geez, I mean, didn't that just happen? So we have daylight savings and it's dark and all that. And But no, it's all good. We're here. We made it. And uh, it's another week, babe. I feel a lot better. Yeah, this right. Week. That's that's what I was getting at. Like We're a feeling lot better. better. Yeah. yeah. Like more energized and mm-hmm. ready just to attack the questions on the couch. So if you're new, welcome. Uh, we are on our victory couch. Julie's on the right side. I'm on the left side. And... We couldn't be happier to welcome you into our, what do you, what do you call this, Jules? Crazy. Our, welcome our crazy? into our crazy. No, come on now. Our relaxed version of our crazy where there we contemplate go. and have a little fun. Yes. And yeah, there's somber moments, but mostly joyful. Yeah. So, yeah. Life's amazing moments. Yeah. Um, and I think this week, uh, Julie, you are going to start. Now, in case you don't know, Julie brings two questions to me that I've never heard. I bring two questions to her, and we ponder, you know, life's, life's questions. So, Julie, what do you got for us today? All right. So, if you did not listen to the last episode, I'm going to say just pause right now and go back and listen to the last episode, specifically the end during Rick's proper feed-up moments. He was talking about the demolition derby, okay? <laughs> so, demolition it, it derby. made me think of something. Okay. So I bet in that crowd, there were people on dates. Probably. Probably. Okay. And it made me think, I would not want to go there on a first date. I just, I wouldn't. There's, I'm sure there's like places that people are like, here's where you take a first date. My question tonight is, where would you not ever take a first date? Ooh, that's a good question. Now, before I answer, why would you not want to take someone to the demolition derby? I don't think it's a good place to take for a first date. Okay? Because a first date, you're trying to get to know the other person. It, and it's loud. It was And it sounds loud. like it might be a little smelly. I don't know. It was loud. Yeah. And, and the exhaust and the and the, and the flames. Mm-hmm. and Yeah. yeah so so <laughs> that's at the top of, like, literally, I just came up with a couple things. That's okay. at the top of my list because my brain was like, Okay, if someone was listening, it was like, oh, that sounds so cool, and it's coming to our town this weekend, or however it works. I would not recommend as a female to take a date. You can go there on a date, but definitely not your first date. There's certain places I don't think you need to go on a first date. So my question tonight is specific to that. Not where would you never take a date. Where would you never take a first date? Okay, first date. All right, I would say um, a concert would be probably my, my... 
my initial thing. Mm -hmm. okay. okay. So a concert, because most of the time, if you're going to see like a really cool band that maybe you both like for the majority of the night, you are paying attention to someone else. So I think yeah. for a first date, you would want to, you know, connect. That's more like a third or fourth date. Yeah. Or yeah. later. Yeah. Um, I would think maybe, I don't know. I wouldn't take a first date to like Disney World or something because then we would be, <laughs> you know, I would find out the person couldn't hang and I would say that that's was probably a deal breaker. So I, I would say that, you know, because I don't know. I feel like that if you're in Disney, at least if I'm in Disney, I'm like all focused. Like, if let's Disney go. was our first date, would I end up as your wife? Um, see, honey, mm, you would see? definitely... I, I'm, we're soulmates. So I would say we would find each other we eventually, we maybe not that. on that day, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> not on that day. I'd be like, what is wrong over there? What, what time is going we get on? Up? What time do we get up? No, like, that's not. Are you kidding me? No. Yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah. So, so I would say that would be number two. Um, <laughs> okay. You know, that's I good. would say like a movie would be good, like at the movie theaters, but again, you're two hours where you're not really mm -hmm. conversing and you're sitting there and it's a first date. So you're not really holding hands or like right. getting all snuggly. Yeah. So I would say that maybe a movie, you know, now if you went to dinner first okay. and then you went to the movie, that's different. different. Yeah. But if you just like show up at a movie theater, like, Hey, I'll meet you there. It's an odd thing. You're just kind of sitting next to somebody yeah. you don't know. That's what the eighth graders do when they call each other dating. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah like you're well, not, you're not more dating. power to the eighth graders, but yeah. I'm just saying like, if you're trying to like connect with somebody sure. for life, that's probably not the best way to do it. So I would say like just solely mm -hmm. at a movie. Um, so I, I, I don't know. I think those are my sort of top three. I think anything that's loud, anything that's distracting in, in a long-term way, you know what I mean? So I think you're probably right. The, the demolition derby, like whatever they're called, like bouts or whatever mm -hmm. matches i don't know what they're called yeah it lasted a long time like i think the very first one was 40 minutes so if you have 40 minutes of just loudness and smoke and fire and people getting bashed with the cars i mean that that's kind of cool but that's 40 minutes where you're not talking to each other yeah so yeah i mean I you could maybe right. winter over with the food trucks but oh, yeah. beyond oh, yeah. that yeah. that's yeah it's just not good so for i the think first you're date. i think you're right i mm -hmm. think yeah i think in retrospect you are right. So, Jules, what's on your list? What did I miss here? Well, I'm sure you have a ton of them. I just have a couple, actually. The movies was my second on the list. The top was the Demolition Derby because that's what made me think of the question. But, yeah, I think the movies, if you only go to the movies, I'm with you. You can go to dinner or, you know, for a walk or, I don't know, something where you can chat and engage and get to know the person. But if your only thing is going to the movies, I would not take a first date just on the movies. Not yeah, good. Yeah. Um, my second one is to meet a family member. Oh, yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah that would be bad. Do, and don't even go a place where you think you might run into a family member. It's just awkward. You run into your favorite aunt. And you're like, hey, this this uh, my. And then you're like, I can't say girlfriend. I just. Uh, this is like Emily and she's all awkward and like, this is so uncomfortable. Did he plan for this person to be there to check me out? And then yeah. it just, it's not good. So don't invite a first date to either a location where a relative would be. And certainly don't introduce your very first time that you've gone out with someone to a relative. It's just not. And I would say no. that you probably don't want them at a place where it's frequently visited by your ex. 
that probably would be a bad yeah right yeah you don't want that be like yeah see that guy over there yeah we dated for like three Mm -hmm. years yeah that would be bad yeah that's just awkward awkward all over and weird yeah nobody needs that no any party okay um my last oh real quick before i go on to my last one the only caveat for meeting family is if you are our child on a first date (laughs) We meet that person. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So these rules don't apply to our kids. Yeah. I mean, like college, I think if you're older, that's fine. Right. In fact, I, yeah. Um, if you're under our roof and you're maximum a senior in high school. Yeah. I think it'd be nice if we met who you're taking out. Yes. So that was my future self <laughs> retroactively going as a that's, reminder. As a reminder. So yeah. And if you are a teen and your folks don't know who you're going out with, yeah, this does not apply to you. I should probably put the disclaimer. This is for your over 18 crowd. Yes. 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 If you're under 18 and you get into the demolition derby, I would say hit the food trucks first. <laughs> that okay. will impress her. But yeah. Absolutely. So the last place I would recommend not taking someone on a first date is any place that smells. And what I mean by this would be a farm. It would be... <laughs> Um, even like smells. Yeah, a farm. Like I don't sorry. I maybe there are some people out there who would love to go to a farm for yeah, a first like date. Farmers. People that, that are in the Midwest. Okay, but this is our opinions today on the Victory Couch. And my opinion okay. is I don't want to go anywhere that smells. Okay, I apologize. And I don't want to go somewhere where I'm gonna step in a cow pie on a first date. But what if you're picking someone up and they live on a farm? Well, okay, that's not where you're taking them on the location, though. That's not your final stop. All okay. I'm saying is, if it smells, that should be a litmus test. <laughs> Does the place we're going to smell? And that could be a variety of things, okay? You do not take your first date there. So no place that smells. To me, the first thing that popped up was the smell of animals and farm life, because I don't do well in that scenario. Um, but yeah, those are my things. Movies, family, any place that smells demolition derby. There you go. Okay, what else smells? Let's talk about that for gas a minute. Gas stations. You're going to take your, your first date to I a gas station to I'm, hang out? There, hey, I bet you, I bet you there is a listener who someone was like, hey, yeah, my friend, like, you know, Jonah works over at the BP. Let's go check it out. And, you know, and then you hang out there at the Slurpee machine for like 20 minutes. She's ticked off. Like, that's bad news. I'm just saying anything that smells, just don't go. That is your litmus test if it smells. All right. Yeah, so that's it. Smells. Okay, gotcha. All right. So let's get back to food. We haven't talked about food in weeks. <laughs> okay. okay. All right. <sighs> this is something we all can can get behind, food. Okay. So I recently visited a small town and I came upon a place that I loved as a kid. Okay. That's not really around anymore. Mm-hmm. K- kind of is, but kind of isn't. And so my my thought process went right back to like, where did I like to eat as a kid that I really can't eat at anymore or that is different eating at in, in present times? Okay, I kind of so get that. So my question is, what was your favorite chain restaurant as a kid? Ooh. And we both grew up, I mean, I grew up in a rural area Julie was outside of the city, so you know the, the our answers are going to be very different here. But Jules, as a kid, mm-hmm. and, and it could still be around. Yeah, you know what I mean. Just tell me some of the places that you the, the chain restaurants 
that our most of our listeners, at least in the states, would know. Yeah. Um, help us out there. Um, Fud Ruckers. Fud Ruckers. Yeah. Did you guys have Fud Ruckers? No. <gasps> what? You have a, you never got to go to a Fud Ruckers? No. Oh my gosh. Okay. So for those of you who don't know, and I don't eat hamburgers, so this is going to sound funny. But they had more than just burgers. Fuddruckers is a family style restaurant and they were known for their toppings bar. Okay. Hmm. So like you order, if you're a hamburger, turkey burger, chicken, you know, you just get like a simple protein. Most people went there for hamburgers. And in the center of the restaurant, there was a huge, almost like salad bar size of toppings. And that's why you went to Fuddruckers was for that. For the toppings. Yeah. We'd go there after church sometimes, but we mostly, and I've mentioned this once a, a different podcast. We mostly went to Morrison's Cafeteria, which is a place I enjoyed as a kid. Looking back, it was, you know, it, it was okay, I guess, but I love like their fried shrimp and oh man, their good dinner rolls. It was like cafeteria style dining. Um, so I like that place. In the South, it's kind of like a K and W if you've ever been there. Um, I enjoyed going there. I loved Red Lobster as a kid too. Cheddar Bay Biscuits. I mean, some things don't leave you in life. That's that's still good. Um, hmm. Those are the first places. I mean, this is going to sound weird, but Chuck E. Cheese. I loved going to Chuck E. Cheese as a kid. And I know that was mainly pizza, but I mean, where else can you go for a meal to talk your parents into and play skee-ball for like hours? I mean, <laughs> and the ball pit was big back then. And now Julie, they're long uh, gone. Fun fact, Julie actually took me to my very first Chuck E. Cheese. <laughs> I did. So you I, were in I your never 30s, went, I, I never think. went as a kid. Yeah. yeah. High thirties. And we took your mom for the first time too, do you remember? Yeah. Yeah. We didn't we didn't have a Chuck E. Cheese where I grew up. That's so That's crazy. We yeah. took my mom to Chuck E. Cheese for her seventieth birthday, which is so funny. <laughs> yeah. That's a quick little Did you give bit. her unlimited tokens? We I'm sure we treated her well that day. It was yes. like the week before the pandemic. But anyhow, um that does that help? Those are the ones I can yeah, think of. So I I to remember the Red Lobster, and if we would go out of town, usually in, in the Pittsburgh area, we would go to uh, you know to do you know, like coat shopping or Christmas shopping or something like that. We'd go to a Toys R Us, and we would stop at this Red Lobster. And the and the cutoff for our family was fifty minutes. So if we walked in and the wait was fifty minutes or less, we would wait. Okay. If it was more, we would go somewhere else. Yeah. And we would just stare at the lobsters in the in tank. In the tank, yes. And they still do that. And pick out your favorite. And yeah, we would name Give them. Give them and, names. You yeah. know, yeah. Totally. And uh, yeah, so Red Lobster was was a big one. I used to go to um, a restaurant called Chi-Chi's. Did you have that? We did have Chi-Chi's. Yes, we did. And I, I don't, I'm not proud of this, but um, when I was in high school, we would take turns telling the people that it was mm, our birthdays. Right, ice cream. So we would get the, the, the hats mm-hmm. and they would sing the song and get the ice cream, which I really didn't care for, but it was just a picture because <laughs> they would give you a the Polaroid. Big, yes. And the big the sombrero. Yeah. 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 yeah, man. Uh, Bob's big boys. Did you ever go there? I did. Me too. I think they that had was the buffet. Yeah. I, I just remember the hamburgers from there. Um, we've gone to all of Olive Garden since oh, yeah. I can remember. Um, but for me, Pizza Hut was a big one. Okay. Yeah. So Pizza Hut was a really big one. And I would always get sick after going to Pizza Hut stomach, you know, like like my stomach was just not, you know, it just couldn't keep up, I I think. But I will tell you that, um, if you got straight A's and you went to Pizza Hut, Mm -hmm. you could get a personal pan pizza for free. Mm. At least that's the way it was around here. So we did have Book It, the Book It Club. 
where you read the books and you got the certificate to take in for the personal pan pizza. Yeah. But, I know, yeah. Yeah. yeah uh, and then, of course, the other one, um, we were lucky. We had a Chick-fil-A in our ball. And when it was my dad's night to cook, we would always end up there. Yeah, that's So he classic. would take us to Chick-fil-A. So I grew up on Chick-fil-A. <laughs> I actually ate Chick-fil-A today for lunch. So, um, yeah, Chick-fil-A is a staple. So. There's While you were speaking about Bob's Big Boy, I thought of one more place. Did you guys have Shoney's? Shoney's, yeah. I do yeah. remember eating at Shoney's for we, the desserts, I remember. We that totally went to Shoney's. They had one in um, like 45 minutes south of where I grew up, and that sounds far away, but... Yeah, we'd be doing shopping in that region and then stop at Shoney sometimes. Yeah, yeah. Shoney's, yeah. Wow, that'll take you back. Whoo, always nostalgia. Well, I have one that is nostalgic as well today. So nice. in this season of life, one of the things that I'm trying to do is look for opportunity to make spaces in our house more of the times, more livable. Um, of that comes one of our kids is getting a bedroom makeover right now. And it made me think about my childhood bedroom. And I grew up in a very small bedroom and I made the most out of it for sure. And my question tonight stems from that. It's very simple. What do you most remember about your childhood bedroom? Oh, geez. Um, so I had uh, a big bank in there and it was ironically a washington redskin slash commanders like tin i guess that popcorn came in Mm -hmm. and we turned that into a big giant bank that we filled with pennies and that thing was filled to the gills Mm -hmm. with pennies i don't know how much it weighed um but i i'm pretty sure if you go there right now um there's still an imprint on on the carpet of (laughs) where that would sit Um, yeah, my room was always neat. Uh, I was a cleaner. I didn't mind dusting and I wanted my stuff just so. So if somebody came in my room and moved something, like I knew, I knew, Hey, that's not where it was yesterday or somebody moved something or, uh, that kind of thing. Uh, I used to journal as a kid. Hmm. So I had uh, a little bit, uh, you know, writing and it wasn't a lot, but I would, you know, list out my stats for basketball and church league basketball and, and things like that. When I got a little older, I actually ran cable up to my room because my room never had a TV or anything. So uh, a friend of mine said, yeah, I can help you with that. And that was kind of a, a big mess. So you learn how to like do the splitter? Isn't that what you have yeah. to do with Yeah, cable? you have to do a splitter. Yeah. I did the splitter in the basement and ran the cable all the way up through the walls. Wow. Um, it, it took like three weeks or something to do it. Oh, my You know, cut the trim and everything. My mom was not happy about that. So um, Did you tell her ahead of time, or did you ask, or did you just do it? I think we just kind of did it. (gasps) Yeah. Richard. Well, I don't know what to tell you. I wanted TV in my room. I don't know. So, um, but yeah, I think, I mean, I had a pretty standard bedroom. I mean, there wasn't anything, like no bunk beds. What about, like, posters and stuff? Did you, were you allowed to decorate or do posters Um, or anything? No, No, not really. wasn't permitted? I wasn't, like, a... I wasn't like a poster kind of person. My room was neat. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like it was, you know, I didn't know when we were going to have company and I didn't want to have to go up there and like clean for a half an hour. Like, in fact, I was so, and I say this in air quotes, so particular about my room is my corners of the bed were always tucked in. So if I would get out of bed, I literally would just pull up the sheets 
and just fold them down. And that was my, I could bank my bed within 10 seconds. So like I would, you know, it was easy to make, fast to make, no pillows, no stuffed animals, none of that stuff. Cause that, that would take time. So I just got out, pulled my covers up and straightened everything out. And it looked like a, a neat bed. Cause I wasn't like one to move around a whole lot and all that stuff, you know. Some things never change how you speak about the way that you like make the bed and also how meticulous you are about how you like your things. So it's interesting that that was in your DNA, even as like a, do you, would you say elementary school age? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I had, I mean, I was neat. I was Mm -hmm. a neat kid. Oh, that's good. Just because, you know, like it's just like anything else. It's just being efficient. Like I have to know (laughs) where my stuff where it is. Yeah. So if I can go to it fast, I'm not wasting time looking around, mm-hmm. you know, for a half an hour trying to find a pair of socks. Like I know where my socks are. I know where, where this shirt is. I know where my basketball jersey is. I know where my shoes are like, because we're always on the run. So you can't waste time looking for stuff. You have to know where your stuff is. Yeah. So anyway, but uh, yeah, good question. Yeah. I like it. Good question. So for my bedroom, as a kid coming along, I just have a couple of things that I mostly remember. Like I said, my room was relatively small. And um, the one of the main things I remember when I was really young is I had a porcelain doll collection. I don't know if you know that about me or not. But I had probably, I don't know, 12 to 24 porcelain dolls at any point Wow! when I was little, little, and I would take them to doll competitions. How did you fit them in your room? Because I um, know the size of your yeah. room. It's, it so was when you open the door, tiny. the left side, it was pretty much all along there in shelves or on top of like dressers. And hmm. I had them perfectly arranged based on how they placed in the competition. <laughs> That's so horrible. I'm not saying my anything. mom was into it. And you know, when you're little, you just kind of do what your mom put you into. Um, so yeah, the porcelain dolls, very firm memory on those, and they are in the attic taking up space as we speak. Mm-hmm. Mom, I'm not coming to pick them up if you hear this. <laughs> All right. My other thing that I definitely remember, and any friend of mine could distinctly remember. First off, my room was pink. It was like bubblegum pink most of my childhood when I was really young it was beige with like yellow shag carpet and then it got a remodel when I was I don't know maybe like seven or eight pink walls mauve which my my dad would say just another name for pink mauve carpet pink walls okay when I was like 14 15 my dad's like you can do whatever you want I painted the walls blue with a green trim and I had navy carpet that's nice. what I wanted. And I had like daisy curtains that I picked out. Well, my mom turned them into it. But I remember that. But no, what I was going to say that anyone who was a friend and came in my room would remember is I was big on making collages out of magazines. And this is very telling of the time. Yeah. If you grew up in the same era we did, and certainly I did in, you know, mid to late 90s. You better believe you had YM Magazine, Seventeen Magazine, Teen People, whatever it was, and you were cutting out whoever was on the cover. For me, I had Dean Kane, I'd had Tiffany Amber Thiessen, I'd have Sandra Bullock, the Spice Girls, uh, the Chicks. I mean, you name it. I had cut them all out. They were up on my, I had bifold doors that my dad remade for my closet. It was a pretty decent closet for that space. It's no longer there. That was taken out. But... That collage was so 
as the kids say today, fire. Like that was <laughs> every, every little piece of it was perfectly covered. I mean, I'm sure I could dig up a picture that was taken of it. It was like a piece of artwork on like closet doors. It was just fantastic. So when you said, you said it's small, but people have n like no idea how small the room actually is. And, you know, to your credit, you've utilized the space, at least from what I've seen uh, through pictures and just how you've described it, like you utilize every inch of that place. And so, you know, like in our current environment, in our, in our house, I think it's kind of the same way. So it's good that we kind of both are either neat or meticulous or um, just utilizing the space. Because I think we, we actually currently live in a small house. Um, so utilizing every inch of space and storage and things, we're kind of used to that. And uh, yeah, I, I think that that's, I mean, obviously how we were, we were brought up. Yeah, right. I mean, you were talking about keeping things neat and tidy and, and I had to. Because if one thing was out of place, it just made your room look cluttered and even smaller. So, yeah, I took really good care of my room and made every ounce of it work. Well, I have a second question for you. And uh, this one is a little unique just because it talks about exactly um, maybe some misconceptions about... Uh, about who you are and what you are, that kind of thing. So my question, my question is really simple. So are there some common misconceptions about being a photographer? Okay, I'm sure there are, but, you know, what have you had to come across and sort of overcome because people's, you know, perception of a photographer is not quite the actual reality? Yeah, that's good. Well, in the world of photography, especially in 2023, I think everyone thinks they're a photographer because most people in our society have smartphones and they think they don't need professional photography. It's also one of those things where, and it's funny, I actually had coffee with a fellow creative this morning who also does photography and she was talking about how people don't appreciate art um, and she has amazing skills as a a muralist and also does nature photography and a variety of other creative works. And she was talking about, you know, time and, and money and education and knowledge and equipment and everything that goes into making it happen, especially with people, you know, and their assumptions of, well, maybe Julie will bring her camera. I don't have that too often, fortunately in my circle, um, because I think people do value, you know, what it is that I do, but I would say it is common in society for, you know, I've seen plenty of photographers talk about it on blogs and things of that nature where there's this expectation that, oh, well, they'll give me a discounted rate because we know each other or maybe they'll bring their camera to my, our family event. Well, that's like asking a mechanic to just kind of hang out with you and have, you know, a meal and before you drive somewhere to like fix your car, like you pay for services, hmm. you pay for skills, you pay for the three E's, you know, you pay for education, equipment and experience. That's what you're paying for. You're paying for someone who has the equipment, who has the experience and who's invested in their education with photography, which I have. Um, so I'd say that's the biggest thing. And I also think that a lot of times people don't understand with photography you're not just you're not just paying for the final product you're paying for the experience of what it's like during that 
hour or your wedding day or whatever it is because the outcome of the final portrait package depends on your experience with the person. If your photographer made you feel uncomfortable, made your kids feel uncomfortable, it's going to show in the final product. So how you're interacting, what the experience was, people aren't understanding. Yeah, those gorgeous pictures that you see from fill-in-the-blank photographer, well, they, there's a skill behind even just getting to that moment, to that environment, to the kids running towards the camera or... You know, I had a, a mom post just the other day, hey, I love it because every year Miss Julie says to the kids, go tackle your mama, you know, go, go run and tackle them. And, you know, she's like, those are my favorite ones, Julie. That's my favorite ones because it's my rough and tumble boys being rough and tumble boys. So, yeah, I mean, I'd say those are the biggest m- misconceptions is either taking advantage of someone, you know, friend or family that is a photographer on their downtime and expecting them to either do something for a discounted rate or for free. And then the other one would be not understanding what you're investing in. It's not just the end result. It's to get to that end result. You had to have someone who knows what they're doing, who has invested in their education, you know, whether it be online or in college or a combination of the two, which would be me. Um, The equipment, equipment is incredibly costly and to have equipment that can help produce those moments um, you're investing in that and you're investing in the experience I mean that's for me anyone that's been on the other side of the lens that I photograph that's to me I think that's the number one reason they keep coming back I humbly say is Mm. the experience that I create while they're being photographed by themselves or their business has me for corporate headshots or I'm photographing their senior portraits to be on the wall forever in that childhood home. I mean, that's what it's all about. So I'd say those are the biggest misconceptions with uh, with what people think of photography or being a photographer in 2023. Hmm. Yeah, I think, um, you know, one of the other things that I've just experienced when I go and shoot with you is that you have all the answers to that. The photographer, at least at a wedding, well, they have all the answers. Well, that's not always the case, you know, Mm -hmm. Hey, what time's this supposed to be happening? What time's that supposed to be happening? Like really a lot of that's up to the bride. It's not up to the photographer. And if it is up to the photographer, then, you know, cause if it's up to the photographer, they're going to get as many shots as they can, you know, um, because that's, they have you and they want you and they want you to be happy. But, uh, you know, I think that's the other thing, too, that mm-hmm. I think a lot of people just don't understand is that the photographer doesn't know who Uncle Lou is. They have the list. They don't know who Aunt Sally is. And a lot of times, especially if they didn't do their homework, they don't know who's connected with who right. or who doesn't like who or who needs to avoid who. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and again, I think that all goes back to what you said about experience, because a good photographer, I mean, let me let me back up. A great photographer will do their homework. They'll know who this person is. They'll memorize the names of Mm -hmm. the wedding party or, um, you know, what the vendors are and work nicely with, with all of those people to coordinate, you know, a great experience because it's not just getting your picture taken. And I know that when we've used certain people and we've gotten our family photos, there are some people that are better than others because 
of how they make you feel. Yeah. And if they, if you feel relaxed or if you feel like welcomed or if you feel like you can be yourself or be silly or whatever that is, whatever, however they're making the, you feel, it's going to ring true in the actual photographs. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, good. can I flip it based on profession? What do you think the biggest misconception is and what it is to be a martial arts studio owner? Oh, geez. That all we do is kick and punch. Yeah. You know, I, I was starting to make a list the other day of what it is that we actually do. Um, and 80% is all behind the scenes that people will never, ever mm -hmm. see. Um, you know, just, just, you know, a 35 minute little dragons class, you know, takes 35 minutes, right? No, we're in our 21st year. So it's taken 20 years to get that 35 minute class to be as good as it is. And another, however many hours that day to make that class happen, just that one class happen. So I think that most people think we just, you know, we go in, show up at four o'clock in the afternoon and stay until 10 and, oh man, you only work six hours today. Yeah. That's what you saw, you know? Um, also, I think another misconception is that as an owner, that you, you know, you're, you're the most skilled person in the room. And I don't think that's always the case either. I think a smart person has surrounded themselves with people that are more skilled and you, you may be the, be one of the wisest people in the room, but it doesn't mean that you kick the fastest and punch the hardest and things like that. Um, mm -hmm. you've cultivated a team that can represent the brand that you have made or created in the way that you've done it. What I mean is that if your top person is character driven and they're humble and they're good with people and they have good social skills and also they're a great martial artist that embodies what it is that you represent and that you stand for, you've won whether that person can break a brick or not. So, um, yeah, I, and I think, I think maybe the last thing, um, is that we're used to dealing or putting out fires and we're not used to getting the compliments. And at least that's, that's what I see now. I'm, I'm not talking about Facebook reviews mm -hmm. or, you know, Hey, great class today. You know, I, I think that, sometimes people can get very calloused to seeing something amazing. And hmm. I, I say that mm -hmm. humbly. Okay. I say that humbly. I, I'm not saying that I'm amazing. That's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying that, you know, I've been doing this for 35 years. So when I teach a class, it's 35 years worth of experience coming out on the floor. Right. And I think that after a while, you know, like a good preacher or like a good speaker or like a good person that serves ice cream or a really good pizza maker or whatever your trade is, whatever your skill is. I think if people are used to seeing it all the time, it loses its shine mm. because they don't mm -hmm. know what it's like somewhere else. It's only when people move away or right. if they go to a different studio, they're like, wow, mm -hmm. this is very different. And you have something here and we took this for granted. If you ever hear that, because <laughs> most of the time you don't unless somebody moves away and we've cultivated a relationship with them. If you want to go out of your way to make someone feel special, you know, tell them or reassure them that what they do matters. Yeah, that's good.
you know? So I think as an owner, you don't, I don't normally get that. Mm -hmm. So anyway, yeah. Yeah, So time for the couch crumbs, Julie, you get to do your couch crumb first. Two words. Yes. Lost sleep. Lost sleep. I don't like losing sleep. Now one would say, well, you gained an hour with fallback daylight saving time. And as Rick would say, nay, nay, that did not happen. Um, that did not happen. And because I was woken up unexpectedly, not due to the fault of anyone who I am related to that shares the same last name in this household of four. And that just threw me off today and agitated me. And no one likes to wake up angry. I woke up angry today because someone robbed me of my sleep and I will just leave it at that. Yeah. It wasn't me. No. No, it wasn't That's me. That's all I'm saying today. Somebody rang our doorbell very, very early today. Is that what you're talking about? Ladies, it was not a female. Can't you guess? <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, guys, but it's true. You raise yeah. a house of little kids. You do not touch that doorbell for anything. Sorry. Okay. That's all I'm saying today. Okay. All right. Lost sleep, two words. Lost sleep. Couch well, crumb. I lost a... A, a very prolific martial artist in our community just passed away and uh, his name was Pat Johnson and Pat Johnson was literally like a living legend uh, ninth degree black belt under Chuck Norris and you would say well who's Pat Johnson I've never heard him of heard of him before and if you have seen the Ninja Turtles um, he basically was a stunt coordinator and a fight choreographer Buffy the Vampire Slayer Mortal Kombat, the Wild West movie with Will Smith. Mm -hmm. um, and of course, you know, like Batman and Robin. That was another one that, that he either, either did stunts or choreography. But his big, his big one is The Karate Kid. So if you rewatch The Karate Kid movies, the referee um, with the red shirts, his referee right on his shirt, that was Pat Johnson. So he basically taught... These actors, and in case you don't know, the actors, uh, Ralph Macchio and uh, William Zabka, um, had no martial arts experience before going in to shoot that movie. Hmm. So Pat Johnson was the one who taught all of them martial arts, all of them. So any move that you see, except for Pat Morita, which was Miyagi, um, was was done by, by Pat. So Pat taught all of those guys, um, their skills and train with them for months, months and months and months to get them ready to go. And, uh, yeah, he just passed away this week. So yeah, it was, it was, in fact, I have Pat's number in my phone and, uh, just, hmm. I don't know. It was hard taking it out of my phone today. It was tough. Where did you meet him at? Uh, martial arts super show yeah. out in Las Vegas. Wow. Yeah. And uh, met him out there a couple times and always had nice things to say. I mean, we weren't super close, sure. but when an icon oh, yeah. in your industry passes away, it resonates through yeah. through everybody. Yeah, it's rippled. Ripple yeah. Effect. So yeah. Mm, let's do the prop your feet up moment. Julie, what's your prop your feet up moment? Okay. So for this week, my prop your feet up moment, I alluded to it slightly last week. I did get to get away with a friend and that is kind of my sub note. But my favorite part of um, this week for Prop Your Feet Up is our date on Saturday. We did have a date. We had a great date. A great, great, great date. It was the most fun I've had 
with you in a while. It was fun on many levels. Lots of fun. Good times. Good date. And uh, I'll remember that one. So. Cool. Yeah. Well, I, too, am going to reference the date. Um, but I want to I do something before I get to the date. So okay. prop your feet up. My prop your feet up moment is for the first time in my entire life at 45 years old, I made coffee for someone. That's right. I was out of town. Julie was out of town. And long story short, I get a phone call. Somebody (laughs) wanted a cup of coffee and they knew we had a Keurig machine. And since I do not drink coffee nor touch that machine, I had no idea how to work it. Now I could have, to be honest, I could have gone onto YouTube and, but I didn't want that in my search history and I didn't want to have videos about coffee making. So I just called my wife and she walked me through it and I, I made actually three cups um, two different times last week, which I felt pretty good about. Now, the people didn't complain about them, so I'm, yeah. I, they couldn't have been that bad. It's pretty foolproof to make it, but you definitely were hesitant, like super hesitant. You called me in a panic. Like I had just taken a three and a half mile walk, which is what you don't know, and I had landed in like an old country store, and I'm even shocked I had cell phone reception. But you're like, Jules, quick, I got to make... One cup of decaf and two two cups of regular coffee. How do I do? I this? don't even know the difference between de. <laughs> What's the difference between decaf and regular coffee? Like one has like what? Decaffeinated. It means, which no, means no caffeine. Okay. And the other has caffeine, oh, which is that's the it? reason we drink coffee. That's you it. You genuinely at forty five. You, as the kids say, you were this date this many years old when you learned what I d- decaf. I don't. I don't drink it. Yeah. So I don't decaf- know. Like decaffeinated. So decaf. that means does not have caffeine. So that's not like a whole separate. Do we have little K cups that are half calf? No, you would blend it. It's kind of like asking for an Arnold Palmer with lemonade oh, and tea. You blend okay. half half. See, I shut when I hear coffee, I just shut off. You my do, head. and you like, are I don't like, like whatever. Yeah, I don't. I don't do it. And I remember hanging up the phone, and I said to my friend, "He learned a good hosting life skill today." That's what I said to okay. her. All right. Well. That was a semi-prop your feet yeah, that was good, because honey. that was a new skill. However, mm-hmm. I got a chance to solve a mystery Okay. on Saturday night at our date night. I solved a mystery. Okay? Now, I'm going to paint a little picture here I'm for our trying guests. trying to picture this. We're okay. walking into our restaurant. Yeah. Okay? And the people in front of us, there were three ladies. Yes. Okay? And they had a reservation at the same time we did. Mm-hmm. Now, these ladies had visited the bar prior mm-hmm. to the reservation, and I'm sh- I'm pretty sure had indulged in many martinis because um, the one head lady had a martini in her hand. Well, she was not happy. None of them were happy that their table wasn't ready. So in the course of the conversation, because we were behind them waiting for them to check to see if their table was ready, the head lady, martini lady, she mentions that she can't believe that she was not invited to last year's Christmas party, her office party, and she hoped that this year she would be invited. In fact, she said that she mentioned to the boss that she wanted to come to the Christmas party. Now, they turned these ladies away and said, listen, your table's not ready. Come back in 15 minutes. Now, I I felt bad for her. I said, felt really bad I for said, her. I said, can you believe that somebody would have a Christmas party and not invite all, all the of staff. the employees, the staff, to the party? Because... When I host a Christmas party for my staff, mm-hmm. we include every Everyone. single human that is connected to our studio, yeah. from the person that cleans Social to the person media, that does. I mean, everything. Anything. Yeah. anything, you are welcome, and you are invited, and we want you there. 
okay? Yeah. We go and sit down. Julie and I are having a mm-hmm. lovely dinner. And of course, about 10 minutes into our meal, halfway through the salads, the party of three was now sat right beside us. And wouldn't you know wouldn't that you the know? martinis were now kicking in and this table of three commanded the entire room of being loud and stories and, you know, leaving men and catfishing and all kinds yeah. of Very, crazy stuff. It was girls night and it, it was, was loud. It was rated our is... content. Okay. So we, we get up, we, we, we leave and we ask, I mean, we didn't, we ask our server privately if we could switch tables. She said, no problem. So we got our stuff up and we switched tables. And of course, upon sitting down in a nice quiet section of the restaurant, I realized at that very moment, mm-hmm. the mystery was solved. Why would an employer not invite all of the employees to the office Christmas party. And I figured it out because when you drink excessively and are loud and obnoxious and have rated our behavior and language, people don't want to be around you. <laughs> Therefore, the mystery was solved. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. I feel like that is my prop your feet up moment that like a detective, I have figured out exactly why you would not want everyone to come. Yeah, so, he genuinely was like, can you yeah. believe that? Because he heard where it was at, like lo- local business was. He was like, oh my gosh, I can't believe they would do that. And he was sincere, like, are you kidding me? And then it continued. And I, what I did was I went down to use the ladies room and talked to our server there. That way it wasn't obvious. Yes, we were very discreet about switching And I switching said, look, tables. I don't want to make a big deal out of this. But, you know, we got a child care provider for the night. And, you know, we're at your nice restaurant. And this is kind of a, a rare date occasion. And, you know, I get girls night, go have fun, ladies, but be cognizant of your surroundings. And where you are sat, Rick, you could have reached out your right arm backwards and touched their table. That's how close it was. So it's one of those scenarios where you're like, oh, we are being tested. How do we handle this? And it took every fiber of my being to not say something to those ladies. Every fiber. Ju- Julie did want to say something. I so, did. But I had to I talk was, her off the ledge. I'm like, let's be diplomatic and look, give yeah. them their night. Let them have their fun. Let's just let's just get up and and see if the, we can switch tables. And we did. And it was it yeah, was it worked out great. So, but yes. yeah, the first like 20 minutes, I was ready to like throw down for sure. Yeah, I was I sympathetic could. at first um, to to the situation, and then when they sat down, it's like, okay, I get it. You know, you can't just go drink and be loud and, and be obnoxious because, you know, other people, you know, they deserve. Not in the setting we were in. I mean, we no. weren't in like they, they're not on the bar side. I mean, we weren't like... the Chi-Chi's. I could tell you that. <laughs> we weren't the Chi-Chi's. We were not at a Chi-Chi's. Yeah. But, you know, like I said. And I it smelled you... great in there. Just so you know, it smelled great. It, it, so, yeah, you can take a date there. Yes. For sure. Yeah. See how long it took that to hit me. Whew. Yeah. It's getting later in the night. Well, guys. That's about it. We have conquered all kinds of things and propped your feet up and couch crumbs and all. We want to definitely encourage you guys as you go out into the world, find a way to one, be courteous to those around you. Right. Yeah. Yeah. To find a way to make someone else's day. It is truly the little, little things, whether it's putting a, you know, a cupcake or a muffin or a cookie in a neighbor's mailbox or, you know, walking out some leftover Halloween candy to your postal service worker or whatever it might be like find simple little things to spread some joy 
That's all I have to say. But um, I think that's about it, Rick, right? So until next week. Until next week, back on the couch. Go out and live life and uh, be a light. All right. Bye, guys. Have a good week. See ya. Bye. We are Rick and Julie Rando, and you've been listening to the Victory Couch podcast. You can follow the Victory Couch on Instagram, Facebook, and thevictorycouch.com. Count your lessons, your blessings, and your victories. We'll save a seat for you right here next time on the Victory Couch.